I mean, right now it looks pretty good. Did someone just crack open a cold one? That's right. Uh, I, mean, I heard I, it. I cracked open a seltzer water. Yeah, it's cold. Yeah, there you go. What kind of seltzer water? Uh, it is blood orange, and I am currently eating some um, shrimp tacos. Damn, that sounds that sounds baller. Blood orange for the orange god. I was yeah. trying. I was workshopping the, the same god. thing, Rob, and I was not. <laughs> I was not happy with what I came up with. Man, we had two uh, better cold openings. We didn't record. Anyways, this is the Squad Games Podcast. I'm disappointed we didn't get started with the earlier stuff. Uh, I mean, but anyways, I can, I can reread what I found on Urban Dictionary if you really want me to. Sure. But I think there's, I don't know. Squad Games explicit, after dark. I don't know if explicit is a high enough rating for the podcast <laughs> if I read it. I think it still falls under it, but I, I feel like that thunder is gone now. That's Sad. right. Oh, no. uh, oh boy. Uh, well, I'm I'm Giacomo, and I'm here with Dakota, Rob, and Emmanuel. Hello. Hi. Hey. And we're all going to talk about the balanced data slate. All right. Oh, shoot, that came out? <laughs> really? You That's what I thought when I woke up. Somebody <laughs> sent me a text right when I woke up, and I was like, they're like, this balanced data slate is wild. And I look, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Did, you think, did you think it was wild? No. <laughs> it was kind of like when Space Marines dropped. It was just sort of like out of nowhere. No one was expecting it. And they're like, oh, okay. And you just kind of live with it. 100% RKO out of nowhere. You know? RKO'd. <laughs> oh, so where to begin? I understood that. Begin? Well, before, before we get into the balanced data slate and we start talking all the juice, uh, what have you guys been working on? Uh, I just primed my, um, my Shatterpoint dudes. Oh yeah, oh, nice. Yeah, I um I also have five three D printed ones. Um, Kyle Katarn's lightsaber broke off, and I'm pretty miffed about that in uh. shipping. Um, but I got all those too. But I I know that AMG is pretty strict about having official models for their tournaments. At least that's what I think I've seen. And you at least need to have like an official model there if you're going to try and use a proxy in case someone comes. How GW of them. Right. Well, they actually enforce it more. Um, Dang, how AMG of them. Yeah, so very AMG (laughs) of them. Um, So I decided, hey, you know what? Let me just paint all the official ones first for the squad. And then I'll take some time with proxies and slip those in. But my my biggest realization, and um, I think, uh, gee, you've you've seen the sprue as well. I'm not sure if Dakota's cracked open the sprue or if Rob has it, nope. but um, the lightsabers are super flimsy. Absolutely. And there's a lot of super flimsy bits on these. And my plan, I, I, I haven't done much slap chopping. I have, appropriately, uh, a Bosque that I uh, slap chopped for, um, for Legion. And... Now I want boss for Shatterpoint. I've diverged. Um, it's going to happen. Yeah. He's the only one that I've uh, slap chopped and it worked out really well, but I just rattle canned um, the spray. So um, this time I was like, okay, I learned how to dry brush really well. I did those Sin City or Commandos that came out beautifully. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to yeah, dry brush my, uh, my undercoat. And then when I start building these, it's like, I'm going to break every single model if I try that. <laughs> yeah. so, so just today in the mail, um, 
I got my uh, gray Liquitex uh, acrylic ink to stick between my white and my black. And I'm going to do um, uh, four different transitions at different angles to give it as smooth as possible with the airbrush. Um, a Zenithal as um, with a four, four in addition to five with the black as the base coat. And then I'll slap chop over that. Um, so that's my plan for them. And I just got those inks today. And that was my plan for tonight until Dakota said, hey, you want to record? <laughs> could have yep. watched 30 Rock instead you're here. I could have watched 30 Rock. You're right. We can we can all thank GW for <laughs> dropping this long-awaited Q2 for uh, the data slate that we've all been waiting for. <laughs> so many big, big changes. Yeah, you you, you talk about uh you talk about Shatterpoint and Saya did a uh uh did an unboxing on her YouTube channel. Um, yeah, yeah, Table I saw that mayhem. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, and I then got to go through it because I wasn't allowed to open the box until she did the unboxing. Oh, fair. <laughs> <laughs> so uh went through it. The sculpts are awesome, the models are. look great. Mm-hmm. I uh am I'm I am forever scarred for uh uh, saying that I'm sad that they're at 40 mil because I'm very excited to paint bigger miniatures. So um, I'm quite excited and they look great. So I can't wait to, uh, I actually can't wait for my Darth Vader versus Obi-Wan to come in. I'm still waiting for yeah, that. that. That's a sick version. Yeah. I'm super they, tease, they tease the cards too, and they look super strong. Um, a lot of people are saying, Oh, power creeps already started and the game just dropped. You know, that was that was um, that was one of the first things I had heard about the game as well, is that competitively it, it's very swingy, almost swingier than Marvel. And Marvel, I think, is pretty swingy. Mm-hmm. Well, the game design is intentionally supposed to be swingy, I think, because it's really hard to take people out. And each activation can cause effectively a two point or maybe even more swing. Um some of those being permanent and some of those being variable, whether you're moving this struggle towards or further from you, usually towards if you're, you're trying to move it, uh, but also gaining momentum as well. So I, I think it's supposed to be intentionally swingy and I kind of like that in theory. I've yet to play this despite how hyped I was. I've yet to play it because I've been way too into, I guess the other part of the hobby I'm doing is on the GW side is, um, super enjoying my time playing um, narrative games in Rob's campaign um, mm. on the strategic advantage blog. I've been um, I've caught up and I'm almost ready to post my fifth um, battle log for um, the brew guzzlers Buccaneers. I finally named their, um, their ship. It's called the drunken squig. Huh. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty happy with that. Um, but I, I've been having a lot of fun playing those games and uh, writing up those bat reps and um, this weekend, um, I guess at the time that this is released, I'm not sure when this is going to be coming out, but I'll be playing in the finals for the local league against Tom La Rochelle. And I'm really excited about that. He's going to be playing his scions. I love and, Tom. Oh, he's yeah. a great guy. Yeah. Um, I'm super excited that we get to play because it's been, it's been forever since he and I have gotten a game in, um, probably since last edition, actually. Um, early last edition, I think. Um, so that, that's going to be super fun. I'm looking yeah, forward to that. He's really good with those, uh, scions. Uh, it was me and him was the last matchup and he squeaked out the win at the end there. So I hope he gives you a good run for your money. 
Oh, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to a good game. You, you played him with your, uh, your Hotas, right? That's right. Yeah, the Archon. And he was able to do some real clever stuff at the end where I thought I had it, but he just stole a point and popped out the right position. Uh, I came down to, I think, like a one extra six on a feel no pain to keep my leader alive and deny him the uh, headhunter. Mm. That was it. Yeah. I love a dice game. <laughs> Do you guys think that um, since the release of Casterkin, Scions kind of went downhill, or do you still think Scions can hold their own, like in a competitive sense? Well, Scions suck. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> hot take. <laughs> I think they're I great. Think, yeah. yeah, I think they're going to get uh, probably not nerfed but like put in line with the scions in the uh, inquisitorial team and so i think it's gonna be the last time they're really gonna be competitive uh well if that would have happened i think it would have been done in this data slate which i don't think happened same well yeah. they they have their reasons for not doing the last two releases just yet yeah yeah y- yeah but um I, I i don't think compendium and the scions in this um i i think they only share the name by the name I don't think you can draw too many parallels between the two scions other than that. Um, solely because, I mean, even though the data slate, even though the data slate is about balancing, if they were intending all along for the science or these, um, these, oh my goodness. Auxiliary? Yeah, these auxiliary scions to replace the data, data sheets for the compendium ones. That would have come out in FAQ. Yeah, like um, the uh, shredder yeah. for the uh, Corsairs. Right. Yeah. 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 So it wouldn't be a data slate thing. That would be an FAQ thing. And I don't think we've gotten uh, FAQ for Ashes yet. We've just gotten um, we've just gotten the Felgor and the Hearthkin. Those were the most recent FAQs, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It, it would be a month after release, which is soon um, for that. Um, that would be the soonest we would see that. And that's where I would expect it if they were intending that. I, can't. I don't think happens, they are, though. It happens tomorrow on this podcast is out of date. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? We still have some relevant information. Yeah. But yeah. what about you, Rob? Uh, what What have you been doing? Uh, so I was out of, out of the country uh, for like two weeks. So nice excuse. Yeah. <laughs> um, I went to the, uh, I think actually, I think Dakota mentioned it in one of the other podcasts. I, I was in Edinburgh mm-hmm. um, and I got a, a great shot of the Edinburgh Games Workshop. Um, Warhammer store with the Edinburgh Castle behind it. Uh, did some exploring of my own version of the um, what is it? Not the Knockman terrain. Knockman? The uh, what, what box Chalmuth? had the Chalnith? Yeah. Some old destroyed abbeys that basically look like they're something out of Chalnith. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was that was a family trip, not a Warhammer trip. Um, I, w- I wasn't allowed to bring my models with me because my bags were pretty <laughs> packed. Um, I was going to see maybe if I could find, uh, there's some YouTube guys out in Scotland, um, that make some videos. I was going to see if I could play them, but again, I wasn't allowed to bring my stuff, but I have <laughs> been working on my, uh, hearthkin. Um, I have an airbrush, uh, after suggestions from a few people on this podcast. And I've been playing with that, um, doing some stuff on the, the salvagers trying to go with like the same color scheme I had on my old world dwarves from like 1998. So, um, and they did not look good in 1998. Um, but hopefully I'm better. <laughs> I'm not a kid, so that should help. But yeah, that's what I'm working on. Um, 
I got the summer off right now, so I've also set up a whole table to start working on my display board, taking it to the next step. Uh, and we'll see if my kids let me do that. <laughs> yeah, nice. yeah, you have very young kids. so uh. I don't know if I've mentioned it on previous pods, but um, Target has perfect size cutting boards, like bamboo cutting boards that are the exact dimensions of the display boards for uh, hobby track. So um, that's where I've gotten uh, just a bamboo cutting board to use as the foundation to build up the uh, display board on. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Um, did you bring those Hearthkin today? I did. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Me and Rob are probably going to play a game after this. Yeah. Pretty sick. Are, are you going to use the, uh, the data slate change? They're going to be so fast. Of course. So, so fast. <laughs> yeah, honestly, honestly, it's exactly what I think they needed that or a wound. And I'm, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, uh, Dakota, how about you? What have you been working on? Well, there's been a lot of tournament prep coming around the corner. We just ran a 24 person, uh, tournament at, um, green tower games, which is a local store. It was the very first tournament we ever ran last year. And so this was our very first annual, like coming back around the corner. Uh, Rob was there. He got second. Um, Jimmy yeah, Keller got first. Um, it was awesome. We actually had, uh, I think James Robinson who got first last year, got third and we had, um, two sport, uh, TJ Freeman. He got with his hand of the arc on one best painted. And then we actually had a two sportsmanships, uh, awards because both of these players, uh, had a buy and all three players that they, that, that played them voted for them. Um, so I gave out two into the dark, my new into the dark void sets, uh, to them. That's a good set. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I was only planning to give one of these out, but, uh, you know, a tie is a tie. So gave out two of them and overall we thought it was a great tournament. Saya filmed a lot. So she's making a video. So if you guys are ever interested, she'll probably drop that on our YouTube channel. It might go even subscribe. Drop go subscribe now. Yeah. Pause yeah. the podcast. Right. Go subscribe. It's Table in the show now. notes. Link in the show notes. Yeah. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to Saya's uh, Tabletop Mayhem as well. Um, and then I think me and Giacomo have both been working on a couple painting tutorials for our YouTube as well. So we have a lot of content that we are currently that is filmed and we have to edit. Nice. <laughs> Outside of that, last thing that I've been working on is uh, our Twitch stream. Uh, I've been cleaning up the room and trying to get it uh, habitable and looking good for our uh, for our Twitch streams coming up. So yeah, yeah. Quick something else shout out to. for the uh, the YouTube channel, uh, the Squad Games YouTube channel. Um, if you saw the video of the um, into the dark terrain that you know you had to vote for which one was best. I got to see those in person at the tournament on Saturday. And I mean, the video is great, but they look so much better in person. It's so cool to mm -hmm. see and just seeing like the textures, the different effects. Um, yeah, it was awesome to see just so much really cool terrain. Um, in my local shop, we play on terrain that's mostly painted, but it just makes such a big difference to have like really well painted terrain and you're just like so much more immersive. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate yeah, thank you. you so much, man. Yeah. Well, how about you, G? What have you been doing? I've been working on like one thing, a Terminator chaplain and, <laughs> and building up the Terminators from, from the Leviathan box set. 
and slowly working on Hearthkin. Uh, so it's a mix of when I'm going to get any of those done. Slowly is appropriate for the Hearthkin. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Um, you know, it was cool. I got my Leviathan box from our affiliate, Frontline Gaming. Uh, so if you're looking to pick up models or if you're looking to go to any frontline gaming events, feel free to use our link in the show notes. It helps support this podcast and helps us bring other stuff to you guys. And with that being said, are you guys ready to dive in to the balanced data slate? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. All right. Then who wants to start? Because there's, there's, there's really like, what, three, four big changes? Yeah, uh, there's, there's a lot of little ones scattered throughout there, though, yeah. too. Yeah, I think I think we can go over a lot of it just in case if there's any new players. Um, if there's any new players listening to the podcast, uh, let's explain what a what the balanced data slate is and why it exists. Emmanuel, do you want to you want to take? Oh, that? yeah, sure. So um, this is something that if you're a veteran from last edition, you know, is just such a beautiful thing for us to have now. But every quarter. Um, I remember when the first balance data slate came out, it said like it had like some date thing on there or some quarter thing on there. And everyone was just speculating. It's like, oh my goodness, are we going to get more of these? Is this going to happen every three months? And roughly every quarter we've been getting one and that, and that's been fantastic. The, the dev team has paid attention to the evolving meta and how the um, teams are being played um, sometimes in more, creative waves, more aggressive waves than maybe they had intentionally designed them. Who knows, right? Um, and adjusting the teams um, to kind of fall into some pretty strict um, metrics to try and get all the teams to be between 45 to 55 win rates. Um, now, that's, in my opinion, a little unrealistic because that's a very tight band. And I don't think most competitive games, especially something like a tabletop game, um, are even close to that. Um, we can talk. Yeah, I was about to say we could talk about Eldar. You guys did last week. Uh, <laughs> 40K. But um, that being said, um, they're very deliberate about a lot of the changes that they make. And they're the other thing about these balanced data slates is it's important to see that they're not afraid to go back on changes that they made if they were too far or maybe not enough. And they want to shuffle things around. The dev team really is fine tuning this game. Um, quite regularly with these data slates. They are uh, strictly about balance. They're not about errata. Um, and even though sometimes errata and um, designer commentary entries might alter the strength of a team, that's not in the sense of balance. Um, it's in the sense of making sure that the team is being played accurately as intended by the team, right? So an example of this is um, uh, when Wormblade came out they had some shenanigans where they could get their flipping from conceal uh, flipping their order and gaining um the benefit of the rerolls um and people are doing that when they were coming out of hiding and then an errata came out that said that oh no you can't do that if you're coming in from hiding because you're not flipping an order you're having your new order when you come out and people are saying oh they nerfed us in the errata and that's not the that's not the purpose of the errata yeah it was a nerf per se but it wasn't the, the errata was just making sure the team was being played correctly. So critical, uh, not critical operations. The balance athlete is all about balance. It's all about tweaking and pushing buttons and shifting things around to make sure that the top teams come down and the bottom teams come up. The big thing I do want to drive home about this is that any change in one team 
has an effect on all the teams, right? Because everyone's going to be playing into everyone, right? Mm-hmm. So balancing a game like this with how many teams we have now? 37 or 38. It's <laughs> a headache, right? And I, I think it's important to mention that to give the dev team some credit with some of the changes that are happening here, because it's nice to sit in our armchairs and just say, that's not enough, or that's too much. And I'm going to say it about some of the things that are in the data slate today. But um, it, it's it's okay to say that. It's okay to have that impression, but also to understand the massive task it is to try and balance something. Because you give commandos the squick, right? That shot them up to 50% win rate. But what teams did they chew up to get there, right? What teams came down because of that change? And then how does that butterfly effect then happen with other matchups and all this kind of stuff? It's it's a massive undertaking to balance this many teams, and it's only going to get harder for them. So let's have a little grace with um, what we view the balance, uh, the um, the dev teams, and what they're trying to do, but then also to remain critical of it. it it's important to remain critical, but to have some grace with it, I think. I agree. Is uh, be, before we dive into the the nitty gritty of this data slate, do you guys each want to give kind of like your overall thoughts on the the just this the full changes? Just the just your initial thoughts of after reading it. I'll go B. Last. <laughs> B. A B. solid B. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna give it um, an incomplete. Um, I think, yeah, like it's, oh, it's good. after class. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> summer needed here. just gave me a bad grade. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I think it's a good start, but it's, um, especially with what's been happening in, in the meta and the amount of teams been released in the last like month or so it's, it's addressed stuff that is important, but there's a lot still left to address. Um, I think they nerfed space Marines. So Justine, Justin Timberlake's new uh, Space Marine team would come out to be better, uh, or look better at least. <laughs> hey, JT uh, hasn't whoa, been relevant whoa, whoa, whoa. in a while. They, they nerfed. They nerfed. Are we supposed uh, to be wearing tinfoil hats? I didn't get mine. Yeah, they 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 nerfed uh, the Backstreet Boys, and InSync is or yeah, InSync is coming in strong uh, probably soon. That's what, <laughs> okay. Sorry, sorry. Uh, tinfoil hat. I'll take it off. Uh, uh, tinfoil sound cue, Giacomo. <laughs> There we go. Um, What's the matter with your tinfoil? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's sure. made of fucking air. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I would say uh, I view quite a lot of these changes as needed, but I also view a lot of these as also incomplete. Um, that would be my my take. Um, and that's probably because, I mean, we'll, we'll get through it. What about you, G? Oh, wait, well, I mean, yes. Um, solid. Okay. Fair enough. Very good. Eh, okay. Yeah. I'm sure everyone out there, since we all have about the same, uh, thought process, I'm sure, sure everyone thinks the same. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about loot. Yeah. Let's talk loot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, in the, Critical operations of quarter one, or so the change made to critical operations in the bound status slate of quarter one of this year, that's a sentence, um, raised the victory points to 16 and the max to 24 for um, for the critical operations pack, the tarot card pack that we got last year. Right. Um, except for loot, right? 
because it was mm-hmm. limited to three per objective. So it was locked in to the, was it six times three? That's an 18, 18, 18 yeah. plus. Yeah. I mean, if you denied your opponent everything, then you right. could get a 24 max score. Right. Right. But, um, that's, uh, <laughs> you've already won <laughs> well yeah. before yeah. you get there. <laughs> uh, and I didn't like that. So I'm glad that they made the change now that loot, um, can, you can score each, uh, objective four times, meaning that none of them will expire. Um, I didn't like that if you were lined up on loot, your game plan was, okay, how do I steal an objective in the in the first or second turning point? If I could do it first turning point, I'm coasting the rest of the game. If I could do it in the first and second, I might as well walk away because I've won this game. Right? Yeah. Uh, I don't I didn't I didn't like that interaction. It it was very biased towards teams that had the speed and the ability to do something like that, whether you have a forward deploy. Um, whether you have just a lot of speed, whether you have multiple dashes, and not all teams have access to that. So now that these missions, now that they don't expire, it, your, your game plan is going to be fairly similar. You're going to be saying, okay, how do I get 13 points? Just like you're doing right now with um, Secure and with Capture. It's just all about if I get 13 points, I'm getting the majority of points. How do I do that? I don't need to do some yeet in the beginning of the game. That might come back to hurt me if I burn out and then they get four on the last one when I only get one on the last object, uh, right. turning point, right? Uh, so I think this is a good change. I am skeptically optimistic. Mm-hmm. Um, for myself, I think it's probably a good idea, but when you think about it, um, as well, like people are like, oh, you know, like Space Marines can come back and get more loot at the end. But it's like, well, if they've already lost three members of their team, then they can only score three at the end. Anyways, uh, so. And you also have to dedicate so many models every turn to continually loot the objective. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't know. Uh, I mean, I like loot the, as as probably the most balanced, especially now. Uh, as the most balanced uh, mission, mission, but like at the same point in time, like I just, I mean, I was skeptical, optimistic, skeptically optimistic about the last change, and um, I'm the same with this one. I think the last one was good, and I hope this one to be good too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a zag here. Um, I actually liked it that it was only limited to three. Um, you would with your fast. Of course, yeah, of course you would. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm playing, I'm playing Hearthkin now. Um, no, I, I like the fact that, uh, when you're showing up to like a tournament, um, you got to plan on like, you know, the maps are going to change. Um, and there's certain maps that just have an advantage for some teams versus others. And I think mm-hmm. the missions kind of do the same thing. Um, you just, you have to have a more balanced, uh, roster. Um, just this last weekend when we were playing in the tournament, um, I won a game where I got one point on loot in the first round and I tied a game where I got one point on loot in the first round. So it's still like, yeah, the best way to play it is to steal from your opponent right away. Uh, but that's not a guarantee. Um, and it, at least against one of those teams, it was a really like top player. Um, and so they, they actually denied 
they got five uh, loots on the first round. So they only got four points for that. But mm-hmm. I still came back and tied because the game's a little more complex and I like the extra um, extra strategy involved in like, okay, this is not normal. I know how to hold a point. I know how to secure a point. But now I have to figure out how to like, like he was stuck. He had to keep on sending people to loot objectives and I was just killing them. So yeah, it's a... And, that, um, and that's a trade-off if you overcommit. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think there's still some some value in... I mean, I'm not against this change. I think it makes sense because that kind of brings everything in line, but I don't think it was fully necessary. It's just like now you have one less thing to kind of change your plans over. It's a little more streamlined. I almost expect to see certain teams play insanely aggressive where they ignore theirs because theirs is in a more protected area and just go for their opponents right away. Kind of how we were saying like you shouldn't overcommit, but I almost feel like there's some teams that probably could and get away with it. Cause then if you're denying your opponent from ever fully getting to your side and you're still taking part of their stuff away, you can have dudes in the back at the end of the turn score, whatever you missed out on. That's true. Yeah. yeah that's what I did. In one of the games where um, I was just more can uh, occupied in like moving my team up to attack them. And I had two uh, objectives totally untapped the first turning point. I got them later. So it just gave me the freedom to like not push the points early and then um, just go back and get them turning point two, three and four. I mean, to be honest, I actually didn't even realize this was kind of an issue until um, I was talking to Alex was on our discord and he pointed that out. And I never, I never had thought that that was like an issue before with this mission. Um, I mean, I don't think it's going to change the way I'm going to play the game with it. I'll probably still do what I always do, which is overcommit. Uh, (laughs) With Space Marines, I find that I can overcommit usually, and I'm okay. (laughs) Uh, Unless I'm playing against Legionnaires, then I'm just, I'm gone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited about the change, and, uh, you know, I I think it's probably a a great change for loot, because loot does tend to tie way more often than any other game mode because a lot of times you can just go three you can just get like nine your opponent gets nine, to nine, nine. Yep. and then you just both max out secondaries so there's i think that this will stop the tying problem which is probably good um, ultimately also i need to confess my biggest favorite thing about this is now we don't need to track how many times each objective has been looted i hated doing that yeah, we yeah, only extra oh tokens, goodness, extra yeah. dice on the board. I hated doing that. So now you don't have to worry about that. Less clutter, less mental real estate dedicated to, okay, two over there, one over there, blah, blah, blah. Forget it. Four times, yeah. four rounds, yeah, done. I mean, yeah, exactly. You can just say, has this been taken yet? Yes or no. So. Yep, that's it. I mean, a lot of people were smart. They'd use those like half, they call them marbles, but I know marbles supposed to be the full circular thing, but those little Mancala thingies. Yeah. The Mancala thing. D3s. Yeah. Yeah. That you could use that too. Like, you know, whatever you wanted to use. Um, I kind of liked the Mancala thing. I was like, Oh, that's a smart idea. I never thought of that. And at the end of the the game, you can make sure like I did get the right points, you know, that's kind of, but uh, I guess I'm not trying to play two games in one. uh, And I have to say, (laughs) I'm pretty good at Mancala. (laughs) (laughs) Um, ready for the next ones? Absolutely. You want yeah. to talk about intercession? Yeah. So we were just talking about the Marines. Go for yeah. it. Talk. Yeah. Okay. I was already, it, before this change happened, I was already getting kind of tired of using rapid and methodical <laughs> because like that was the choice every time. And eventually players know, okay, I know exactly what they're going to do. So they're going to play around it. Right. So what mm-hmm. I started doing 
I started, I still kept with rapid because it's still hard to like not choose rapid. Mm-hmm. And I started going with duelist because I find more people are playing close combat armies and mm-hmm. being able to critical save and stop two attacks is really nice. Cause then, you know, they're mm-hmm. just like, Oh, I don't know where, but the, the big changes with them were, as we mentioned, methodical. Now that only works for overwatch. So you can't use it for anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just on overwatch. That's the fine. Hashtag it's never seen again. It's ne- yeah, we probably it's probably gone. I think I think duelist is we're kind of we're coming to the age of duelist. Uh, rapid yeah, ra- rapid duelist. Yeah. yeah, even even though rapid changed because now it's only on your normal move. It's no longer on your charge as well. That's fine. I it's still good. It's still good. Or stealthy. Yeah, I like uh, rapid s- stealthy. I like that because you could shift rapid to duelist, or you could shift. Um, Stealthy to oh, what's the one raider? Yeah, raider might might make a might make it a you know an appearance finally because it was yeah. one that I always wanted to try, but like I really didn't just because there there is better options right. now. Maybe not yeah. so much now. Um, and let's see what else what else has really changed that I can that I can think of for the intercessor. Uh, yeah, I I want to say I haven't I haven't referenced the other one, but I want to say one of the one of their tech ops changed too. No, it's just durable, methodical, and rapid, right? Yeah, yeah, just those three, just yeah, the just chapter those three, tactics. Right? Those are the only ones that made at yeah. least for the data slate. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that they're making it a bit more of a, a choice. Um, there's a couple of people that have joined up uh, in our league um, playing intercessors and. Like the first game you play against them, they're like choosing all these cool chapter tactics because they like match the style they want to play. Mm-hmm. And then they just like, no, nah, I'm just going to go with methodical and rapid or durable and rapid or something like that. It's like you can kind of see the the spark of like fun and playing around just die it's in their gone. eyes. But like it's just better to go with these. So now that those are nerfed a bit, yeah, you're going to see more variety and that's that should be nice. Which um, which abilities do you think are going to shine? Are going to are going to come out to be like the top two that they'll nerf in the future? <laughs> <laughs> Stealthy. You think so? Okay. Uh, duelers. I mean, that's the one that's I hate going up against it. See, when you have to fight close combat, especially because there's two teams that are we'll yep. get to them in a minute and later uh, that are really good in close combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I still think that uh, they're just setting up in sync to come into town, you know, Justin Timberlake's going to come in with his Justine squad. And it's going to be May. <laughs> May's over, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. I'm not going to get that tinfoil hat on with you. I'm just, I'm just going to start. And if they're, if they're awful, I'll just sing tearing out my heart, you know, <laughs> <laughs> make sure you paint them as flush tears. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll, have to, we'll have to call Janice for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, do you guys want to go into the Elastudian? I can't even say their names ever. The Star you want to do Warp Coven first? Yeah. Just kind of going in order of the data slate. Yeah, okay. And yeah. for those who are listening and can access a computer, uh, hopefully you're not <laughs> driving and looking this up. You know, you can follow along with us. Um, yeah. There's really not much to say about Warp Coven. Um, yeah, not really. With this, uh, I have <laughs> in in the the strategic advantage blog post. For this, I put like a little subtext in constant change, lore appropriate. They keep getting uh, tweaked. <laughs> they, they're trying so hard to make this team work. Um, I like the attention on rubrics, and I think it's a clever change, but 
Um, I go into this in quite a bit in the blog post, and there's two teams that stand out to me this edition, um, so far at least, that um, I, I think they're so hard to fix with a balanced data slate that if possible, they just need to be completely reworked. One is Warp Coven. I think Ground Up would do better if we could just completely tabu, tabu, tabula rasa. Is that the uh-huh. phrase? Just yeah. clean slate them. Um, and Pathfinders. And they mm. share one significant common thread. They are massively hard to pilot. They take such a significant cognitive load to play well that if you're trying to go off of win percentages, um, they're going to go low until you make enough changes that the average player will be able to function very easily with them or play them very effectively. But then because of that unlocked stage, once you get to like kind of an expert play with being able to manage and play such a complex team, like all the people who pilot um, Pathfinders well, right? Um, Then Warp Coven just start to sweep tournaments. It's such a fine line to get them to a good point because of how much of their their win percentage is locked behind just the cognitive load it takes to play these guys. I agree. Um, so everyone knows the changes to Warp Coven are... Oh, I just breezed by that, sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> uh, all the Rubric Marines change to three APL. So now they're real Marines, right? Finally. Uh, that's, which is amazing. And they all, they all get four attacks with their fists and their bayonets, which is also great. Mm-hmm. Um, the sorcerers, if they're not within six inches of, a, of the rubrics, if they're not within six inches, then they have to subtract one from their APL. So they're not actually full space Marines. They're only full space Marines if they're near their leaders. Um, but then you have the rubric affinity, um, which is basically saying that if there's a sorcerer, uh, you can subtract one from that friendly's, uh, you never have to subtract one from that friendly operatives APL while the sorcerer is in the kill zone. So yeah, that's uh, a, a narrative piece. That last one. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Mm, okay then. Uh, all right. Never mind. So I was there, there's, go there, more there's, into that. I'm sure there's at least a third of the players who listen or even just play the game that are like, ah, oh, narrative for life. You know, there's got to be. Mm. Oh know? yeah. So like, the narrative ones, your 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 rubric marines are. If you take three marines and three sorcerers, your dudes are all pretty much three APL, mm-hmm. no matter what. But not in competitive. Would you think a change to this team would be maybe get rid of the option to have three sorcerers and just make the sorcerer better? And give him like, hey, he has enough range to make sure that your rubrics have three APL. Because no, you don't think so. No, they, the three sorcerers—that's the key to this team. They otherwise you've just got fancy painted intercession or something like that. Another <laughs> awful intercession. They just have an AP one bolter, which is yeah. pretty decent. What would your guys' change to this team be? I'm sure everyone is going to think of something different. I just say give him three APL. Well, they did, and they. But you st- you still have the restriction of you got to be within six inches when they activate, that, or else that ultimately will not fix this team. Yeah, I think all. they need another operative option, either like because when they play with the rubrics, there's not enough of them. 
Um, and when you play with all Zangors, you just don't have enough shooting. So I feel like they need to have an, a way to have more Marines and Zangors at the same time. Um, one of the guys in our group, he played played them a lot. And Saya played them a lot as well. Um, and they're a fun team to watch. Um, mm-hmm. It just, you have so many choices even in the just like list building stage um, that it's, it's hard. So if you just gave them like a little more flexibility to get like more operatives on the table, they wouldn't have to make as many choices early. And that way they could focus on figuring out how to use those sorcerers. Cause they got so many spells and boons and everything else. Um, mm-hmm. Let them, let them have some more rubrics and or Zangors. Um, so what, what I also dislike about this team is that your muster determines what you can take as an archetype. And I think one clever thing about this change is that since Rubik Marines, if you take too many of them, you have to, uh, you have to play security. Um, that's all about controlling regions of the board, right? Center line, center of the kill zone, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, those are big, big ones for security, the easier ones, at least, especially control center, because they also have a faction tack off that involves the center of the kill zone. Right. Um, the, but those rubrics, um, would drop down to two APO, which is kind of crummy for control after they're done activating. Now they're at three APO, um, when they're done activating. So at least that control is better. So that, that's a nice change, but I would like to see that restriction on list building get lifted. Because if they could take either, and I think their other one is Infiltration? A recon? A recon, recon. Yeah, Infiltration I'd love for them to have, actually. Kind of makes sense with them. Kind of sneaky planning in the background. That's but, a, that feels more like Alpha Legion, but all right. Oh, fair, fair. Uh, what's chaos, anyway? Um, <laughs> Whatever the, it is, just change it, because that's what it needs. Yeah, change. But, but all rubrics with recon actually isn't too bad, right? Or even if you went rubric heavy, heavy um, with recon, not too bad. Um, and then security with all Zangors, that's not too bad either. Right? I agree. Yeah, so that'd be, uh, that'd be a fun restriction to lift. Really easy. You don't have to change much about the team. And I also think that something to give identity to the leader would be nice. Um, one thing I have rattling around in my brain is just what if the the sorcerer that's designated as your leader, if they cast a spell from their domain, like um, if Tempiric and they do the slow down uh, spell, it lasts until the next time they activate or they're incapacitated. Kind of like what the um, the Technomancer, Chronomancers, and all the, the Hero Tech guys have now with the Data Slate. Um, that would be nice. And like explicitly saying it's from their domain, so they can't um, Brotherhood of Sorcerers steal something from someone else kind of thing. Um, that would be nice, but then it kind of locks away some of that list building, right? Because let's be honest, everyone's going to take a Tempiric Sorcerer leader, right? Yeah. Um, so part of what's really fun about the team, like you were sharing, Rob, is gone if you try and do something like that. Um, but right now, like, I mean, how many times have you played a, a Warp Coven person and not even cared who their leader is? Unless you have Headhunter, right? Otherwise, it really doesn't matter which Sorcerer is their leader. And it's a little strange. It would be nice if the leader had something a little bit bonus. For me, I think that there are, there are clear things that people take almost every single game with the rubrics, uh, the sorcerers specifically for their leaders. I think it would be really nice just to lock two of their sorcerers as specific 
specifically like they take this, they take this, they have these spells. Uh, you have these extra abilities. And then what you do with the leader is that you can give the leader like two things that the leader can choose from. Um, or like, you know, I think three might be too many, but like another option is possibly like one more wound. I know that, uh, that probably doesn't do too much from prior conversations, but, um, I just feel that there's, there's probably too much mental load. And if you just, if you lessen some of that, people might start playing them better efficiently, efficiently more. So, uh, that also could help just lessening the mental load for warp governing entirely. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Or a rework, you know. Well, one thing to point out, and this might come up in a tournament for you, Dakota, mm-hmm. is that technically, now this is such an obvious rules as, rules as intended situation, but technically, the Ruber command ability is on the data card for the sorcerer. So if all the sorcerers are dead and off the kill zone, Rubric Marines don't have to abide by Rubric Command, so they never get minus one APL when they activate. Mm, good point. Now, clearly, <laughs> the intent is that the Sorcerer kind of enables them to keep the three APL, but rules as written, it you can argue that if the, all Sorcerers are gone, that rule doesn't exist anymore. I see what you mean. Yeah, uh, definitely rules is intended on that one. At least that's what I would rule for any squad games tournaments. (laughs) Just something to point out um, (laughs) in case someone comes up to you to have that discussion. Something interesting is I scrolling through the document. And Mm -hmm. when you look at the teams that have the most FAQs, uh, it looks like those are the teams that might need most of the reworks outside of Pathfinders. So, I mean... I could see Phobos being done um, or Hyrotech as well, but those are the three longest uh, entries. So, I mean, you uh, could also argue that those ones are fine now. The entries yeah. kind of fixed them, you know? Same with Star Striders. Well, Speaking Phobos, of which. <laughs> Phobos, we, we, yeah, but Phobos is more along the lines of like still no one's playing them, so we actually don't know how good they are. Like they're getting second at tournaments and first in certain areas of Spain, but like, I mean, I have not seen it in California. You know, uh, that's that's because I'm enjoying my commandos too much. I'd, I'd play them more <laughs> if I actually had all the right models painted. I just have a series of infiltrators painted. Giacomo, you just have one model you're missing. I'm missing quite a few. I need both my mind layers. I need an actual medic. Um, I need to finish up a second reaver. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah you need a reaver. So stop painting your chaplain and paint some Phobos. <laughs> you, you you can borrow mine if you don't run if you don't mind running Crimson Gits. Uh, I I mean I play them, you know. Oh, I yeah. just like it's like I, m- most people don't care either. Like they've never, they've never been like oh what's this? Uh, usually I just put enough tokens around people and they're like oh yeah it's that guy. Um, but <laughs> I I prefer I'd prefer if the models looked like the thing they look like. The emperor would visit Giacomo in his sleep and like actively torture him and like give him like a fever, fever <laughs> dreams at nighttime for playing, you know, the, fake the Phobos. And gets, oh yeah. And gets. Yeah. I'm running the Phobos in uh, our narrative campaign. I love them. Uh, I even I was thinking about bringing him to the tournament, but once you play a team in narrative too much, then you kind of 
you can't run them in a tournament because you forget like, oh no, this guy doesn't have all these special things he's got in my narrative. <laughs> and I would probably end up throwing someone out there and be like, uh, he's going to die now. It's so funny you say that because I'm the opposite. I have so much competitive experience with commandos. I'm running them in your narrative campaign and they have so many battle honors. They're so leveled up and I forget all of them. <laughs> they never make use of their battle honors because I'm on such autopilot once I'm playing because I know what everyone does. I don't even need to look at their data cards anymore. That's funny. That's that's an interesting that's an interesting thing between narrative and uh, mm-hmm. yep. competitive blurring lines. Yeah. yeah. So, so Star Striders, <laughs> I got one change. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Brought it back. Th- okay, this reminds yeah. me of that scene from The Office um, where Michael is upset at Jan for uh, over his vasectomy where he has to go back and forth. <laughs> snip, yeah. snap, snip, snap, snap. It hurts, Jan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, for this one, it's fun. Um, the Voidsman rotor cannon gains the relentless special rule, which it started without and then was buffed to get and then they got rid of all their buffs and then they gave it back so this is a i think if for nothing else a great example of the developers willing to go back and forth maybe a bit Mm. too much though yeah i I mean yeah go go ahead jack that that was it like i mean you know you're right yeah uh they maybe they didn't need it maybe they didn't need it then and then enough crap changed they're like oh crap all right now they need it again yeah. Star Striders are really good, though. So, they are. They yeah, are very I mean, good. They're strong. I don't anything. think I'd ever play them because I really dislike the models. Sorry, except for the dog. I really like the dog. But <laughs> they're really good. I, I think genuinely, I think they're fine. I don't know if they needed this back. Um, right now, they're sitting at a 45% win rate. And I think that's because a lot of people that were piloting them to success are on the new hotness right now. Yes. So... We, cultists. <coughs> Sorry, I, I spoke cultists, or maybe they're <laughs> even dabbling with Inquisition, which is pretty strong too. Um, the the effect of just a single talented player that goes to enough tournaments has on win percentages is insane. Um, so for them to be at forty four point something percent with all the p- people that were piloting them to podiums now playing something different. I, I, I think they were fine. Um, but yeah, whatever. Give him relentless. He shoot I fast think, now. I think we had uh, someone playing them got third in the tournament. Yeah. And I James think Robinson. Yeah. And fifth. Yeah. yeah. Well, no. And, and I think, I think Wyatt got eighth, but he was, they were, Wyatt was three and O oh into the last round. And uh, James was two and one. And they both battled it out. They both took the vein. Whoever kills more models gets all the points. They both <laughs> took that one for fun. Uh, and James ended up winning it. And I think that dropped Wyatt all the way down to, uh, to eight, I believe. Yes, yeah, so we had two three and ones at a tournament, at a 24-person tournament. So yeah. maybe they're going to bump up to, you know, with, with that many, that could change their win rate a lot especially especially with like how many people are that's that's one thing that i i always say like even at bao right like there's only two felgor players right and but none of the top players that well what we consider top players um considered top players took them 
So it's in, I mean, there was one cultist player at this 24 person event and no Felgor. Like we got lucky. Have yeah. fun. It's the, last year. it's the last time you're going to have fun this summer. Like I expected, <laughs> uh, I expected uh, Alex, Alex Popov to bring, uh, to bring them. And he didn't. Yeah, he instead <laughs> brought uh, and Chaos Demons, Demons. Yeah. and now yeah. he's the number one Chaos Demons player in yeah. North America. Time to retire. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can we can we point out something beautiful about his Chaos Demons? One's a strawberry. Yes. Yeah, it's just yeah. a strawberry. <laughs> I, I I love just the audacity of the of just like hey, it's a pink heart. What, what's what's the problem here? Dakota approved. It's fine. <laughs> I did. I did. I walked up and I was like, "What is this?" And he was like, "Oh, that's a that's a brimstone." I was like, "Okay." whatever you say guy (laughs) i didn't get to see it did it have a face at least no Uh, No, it's just it's just like a a sliced strawberry strawberry (laughs) glued to a base that is that is all base to me like just looking at it in photos it looks like one of those erasers that people would have in elementary school oh that you'd buy like the scholastic drive or something (laughs) yes exactly oh i love how silly it is in our scene we have a top one we have the top number one chaos demons player we do with america that's right. Dethrone him. Beware Spain if you come here. <laughs> <laughs> With your strawberries and fruit. <laughs> you, you've just awoken the beast and Ace is going to come win Elvio with demons. He, w- he would. And I hope he does. I hope, I hope, I hope the Spanish come. That would be, you know, that'd be a nice, uh, nice comeback. Speaking of demons, I kind of wish that since if you think of what a coven is, it's like a group of things, a collective. You'd think mm. if they went with the all route of sorcerers they'd have the ability to summon rubrics zangors and pink horrors like as as just as, that's you know but the, the whole point is like the coven is the coven i would say coven uh the coven is the sorcerers right the three of them mm-hmm. and each one brings rubrics zangors and pink horrors so you actually don't get to take more of one but you just get this whole thing of them uh, oh what if what if based on which which disciplines you take. you take. Oh yeah. Um, that determines what types, like it's almost like each sorcerer is from different fire teams. So you have three fire teams to mix and match from. And if that you take this hurt. sorcerer, you could take pink horrors. See what I mean? The team just needs a rework ground yeah. up. How cool would that be? That's on you. That idea is free. Do you know how cool that would be to have like, like some, to have right. some pink horrors, uh, you know, Zangors and Rubik. yeah, that would be yeah, be awesome. I like yeah. it. I mean, That's if it. we're doing it, if, I mean, if other teams can have this kind of thing, like um, the Inquisition can have that kind of auxiliary. Why can't uh, Warp Coven have that? That seems cool. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and I've also been playing a lot of Bolt Gun, and like that's like. Zinch is a big villain in the game, so you're constantly in Bolt Gun. Yeah. Oh, are you talking about the the forehand? I thought you were talking about like. I was so confused. I thought he was talking about the World War Two yeah, tabletop too. game. I was like, wait, no, no, f- that is, that is bold That's action. Bold, bold action. There we go. <laughs> I know, there, I was there, like, what the heck is Zeech doing? I need to get into this game. No, there this is, sounds there, crazy. There is a bolt action, like the future one where they do the weird World War Two, where then you do fight like vampires, demons, and other things as well. Oh, that's I was cool. Like, I was like, oh, so, so, so Hitler's actually zinch interesting no, hitler is mecha hitler 
<laughs> and that's a reference for all the old people. Uh, I, I, I have a fair certain idea. I know which uh, which game that comes from. Mm-hmm. For I have uh, I have played it, but not beaten it because I was you know a child. So. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. Uh, exaction squad time. Sure. Yeah. Uh, they had right, a bit so, of a glow up. Yeah. I don't know like anything that much about exaction. You want to lead us in this one with the cops? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they police. Um, <laughs> they're more upset if they're detaining you. Um, their ruthless efficiency ability, which lets them shoot into combat. Um, now also gives them the P one critical hit rule. Um, they also get some lethal five on a few of their operatives, the marksmen, which no one's taking and I don't think is enough to make you take them anyway. Uh, the revelatum, which is nice, um, especially because that will... That one will, of their better models. Yeah, he's, he, he's great. He's also likely going to be forward. So he's also likely going to make use of ruthless efficiency. So it's nice mm-hmm. that he gets lethal five. Um, and then the, the doggy with his bite, um, which will yeah, not make yeah. any um, use of ruthless efficiency because it's a yep. melee attack. Um, that, so that, those are both nice, um, plus one to wounds. I dislike this trend. I liked humans being at seven wounds. I really did. Them being at eight wounds blurs lines between elves and humans too much. And I don't like that. Yeah. I, I like it. I, I would like, <laughs> you wouldn't, uh, <laughs> uh, I would like them to have, uh, more of an identity and more of durability at seven wounds. That That's just my, my personal thing. It's. Give him another operative. Come on. Uh, something different than bumping wounds because that, that was a bandaid for Kasterkin and it, it helps. Eight wounds is a massive difference for breakpoints. It definitely helps. I just didn't like that as a solution. Um, the biggest change with execu- Exaction Squad that I like is execution order. It was previously, I think, one CP and you could only use it once per battle. Um, but now you can use it multiple times for battle. It's free the first time you use it. And, um, and, um, after that, um, it goes up by one. It's kind of like how, um, um, the void dancer thing, um, domino Domino field Field gets more Mm -hmm. expensive every time you use it. This is the same, except it starts for free. Um, and all of these, all of these changes kind of culminate on one big thing. I mean, this team needed help to begin with, but every person who I've talked to that's had experience with Exaction Squad has said their toughest matchup is into elites or something similar to elites. So Commandos is also a difficult team for Exaction Squad because of the wounds and their hidden durability with Skulk About and Just a Scratch mm-hmm. masking their five up save because they truly, they, they really don't have uh, a five up save, um, technically speaking, because of all those things. So um, getting P1, um, if you lock someone into combat and run and shoot them in the back of their ceramite encased skull, um, definitely, definitely helpful for punching through um, good saves. But then execution order, which I should probably say what it is. The leader, um, you select someone within line of sight, and until the end of the battle, um, every one of your um, every one of your allies gets relentless into that target. Um, so you might use, you're going to use it once, obviously, cause it's free. Um, and you'll probably use it a second time. I doubt th- there's going to be situations where maybe it's helpful, but I doubt you're going to spend two CP on this. So uh, effectively you get to use this twice for one CP. 
Um, and because of that, it's going to be really strong into elites, right? Uh, yeah, it's a third of the team you're going to have everyone get a relentless into. And that plus you kind of compound that into the addition of P1 on their, um, on their ruthless efficiency. So you're going to be re-rolling all those misses, increasing your chance of getting at least a crit, all that kind of stuff. Everything starts to kind of fall into place to see what we're, um, what the dev team's going at. And Exaction Squad still is going to have some tough matchups, right? But their biggest boogeyman was Elites. And when you look at the pick rates of teams, the first, the number one pick rate is Intercession. And I think it always will be until Justin Timberlake comes out. Um, number two is Commandos. Number three is um, Legionaries. So the three most popular teams are falling into the most difficult matchup for exaction squad. So while they do need help into other teams, not just into elites, it's not about making everyone good into everyone, right? It's okay to have hard matchups, but if all your matchups are hard, then that's where you start to fall into the lower kind of uh, the win rate. So I, I think focusing on their biggest blind spot is probably a good approach to at least start off with. All those were probably fine. I don't, I think they would have been okay even without the bonus wound, but hey, there's a bonus wound in there now. So, <laughs> yeah, I like that they are sticking to the theme of like working together. That the mm. um, the cops like it doesn't the uh, P one only takes effect if you're within two inches of a friendly operative. So like it's it still builds into that idea of like the cops like ganging up on the opposition. Uh, I got a quick question for you, Emmanuel. Um, sure. The execution order, is that like the same as call the kill for the kin ban? Does it expire? Like do you have to wait until you've killed that person before you can put on someone else? Or is it like the whole game and then you can do it to another person for the whole game? Um, so when I read it, um, it doesn't say that you can't do it on someone else. But because it's... Um, I think it's a tactical ploy. Yeah, it's a tactical ploy. You can only use it once. So if your target's still alive, you can use it on in the next turning point against another target. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty so it's true. not. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I would have liked it more if they got a brand new operative or plus one more shield guy instead of plus more one more wound. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm... I also dislike the fact that they're just adding one to people's wound characteristics. Cause I feel like that should be an elf thing uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think that they could easily do something else to kind of help balance things rather than just being like, Hey, plus one wound characteristic. Give them a squig bomb, right? That's a solution, right? Just give yeah. everyone a squig bomb. Yeah, <laughs> if but- you're below 40% win rate, here's a squig bomb. Yeah, just make it so the dog can blow up or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Under three up, the dog explodes. Why? I don't know. Future shit. <laughs> some some people would uh, would ask you to never blow up the dog. Uh, other people <laughs> other people force your hand, and you have to kill the dog. Thinking thinking, they're, I'm going to give them sympathy. Giacomo, you never kill the dog. I killed I kill the dog every time because a certain just player will not be named puts it in front of me and I have to get it out of there. That person <laughs> also named that dog after my dog. So yeah. Yes. <laughs> so oh, they, they no. chose violence. <laughs> I Giacomo. responded in kind. Triggers me every time. Giacomo. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I support you. <laughs> 
trying to win with that sympathy call. Get out of here. I, I would send my squig bomb right into that dog. All these cat, all these cat people out here, you know. You can tell oh, a cat I'm going to blow the cat, the cat unit person, right away person. for breachers. Nobody cares about the birds. Don't worry about that. <laughs> okay, well, the thing is, is you have to kill the 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 person holding the bird. Yeah, I'm not going to have to start a new chat in our Discord. Dogs, birds, or cats, right? It's just pets speaking and Speaking of which, which uh, this is this is the meeting of the four families, isn't it? Yeah. That's right. Yep. Italian music uh, playing. <laughs> <laughs> look what yeah. they did. Look what they did to my nat- my nachos. They massacred yeah. my boy. <laughs> what did they overcook your cheese? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, actually I really wanted like nacho like they make french fries with loaded loaded fries. Yeah, they yeah. put some shit on there like nachos. Yeah. Man, I really want some loaded fries. Oh, they're so good, right? So goddamn good. Potato wedges. <laughs> yes. Yes, potato wedges. I'll just stick with my pizza. You guys can do whatever you guys want. I still, you know, <laughs> like, I'm be honest. I'm actually not that crazy about, like, quesadillas. I just like it for the deployment type. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'll eat a nacho pizza. What about a nacho grilled yeah, cheese? I don't think sandwich? I don't think it would be bad. Sure, it's a panini. That's what we're looking at here. <laughs> a nacho grilled cheese. That is so a panini, you're wrong. <laughs> everything, everything is cooked in some. Trying it's- to be fancy and shit with a panini. Nah, that's just a nacho grilled cheese. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> well, I did not think we'd come to such a quick truce here. Yeah, I mean, look, the four families had to assemble because they know there's a greater threat, uh, which I guess we should go into them next. Well, it's not the Hearthkin salvage. It's, it's definitely, definitely not. not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. there, there's a super quick. They have they add one Pun to their movement because <laughs> at, at, the, at the time when they wrote their initial ability, which is they can't have their things reduced. You know, that was written in the past before it would become a major thing for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. So now it's been changed to add one more inch, which is totally fine. I always thought they should have moved five. Either move mm-hmm. five or give them a wound. Um, and I'm I'm fine with the extra move. I think it'll be fine. It gives them the space they need. Um, I, uh, yeah. I think we need to clarify on this one because I don't think this is a balanced data slate. I think this is an FAQ they just put in the wrong pl- place. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, this and the, the one below it is also um, yeah. right. Though yeah. there are a couple specifics about this. Um, so with this, the way that it's worded, um, they can have their movement reduced down to four inches again uh, mm-hmm. because it's not adding this, it's replacing it. When I first read it, I thought, oh, that's neat. So they can have five inches even if they're not wounded. Um, but they still, um, like if you use like the slow ability, not slow, uh, freezing grass from Corsairs, you, you, they'd lose that. Mm-hmm inch so it is a bit complicated um and also it doesn't work for charges it's kind of like the the intercessor intercessor. so there are a few changes there and i'm okay with that honestly yeah Yeah, that that that's that's completely fine um and when you when you kind of pile this on with how they are supposed to gain their mobility using excavation tools and all that kind of stuff they actually are not slow right um, with an excavation tool out from something that you've used Rampart to create into heavy cover, um, it's effectively a seven-inch move. Yeah. And if you tie that in with uh, their ability to shoot for free, then you can still throw the dash on that, get get a lot more movement. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my biggest complaint is now we have Casterkin and uh, Exaction Squad and all these human-based characters with more wounds than dwarves. I mean... They're not dwarves. We got, we got a three-up armor save. Yeah. They're, they're dwarves. 
Yeah, which, and they should have, because we don't have a toughness characteristic in uh, Kill Team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, the way to explain toughness has to be with wounds, and now they're less tough than a police officer. Right, yeah. And, and that therein lies where a lot of my frustration comes from humans being not seven wounds, because you lose... With the breakpoints being where they are, and with even though we have massive amount of wounds compared to how things were last edition, um, seven, eight, ten seems to be like where they're trying to shovel in humans, elves, and orcs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there's not enough room in that band to and keep in beastmen, right? Yeah. Um, there's not enough room to um, differentiate between them enough. So keeping humans at seven, I think would, would have been nicer, but eh, whatever we have to just suspend our belief with our army toys. I think that um, change yeah. is, is mostly happening to 10 man teams mm-hmm. because Vetgar didn't get that. Yeah. Vetgar is still seven. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what he's saying. And so like all the 10 man teams are getting that extra wound because they don't have the extra bodies. Cause you're going to take the extra bodies in guard. It's like almost a guarantee. Um, so I'm thinking well, they that's get an extra three wounds because they're all about 10 wound models at 10, 10 models. Anything that's ab human has essentially been 10 wounds. Mm-hmm. Most humans have been seven wounds. Elves have been eight wounds. Space Marines have been the only thing that have been getting also uh, all over the place. Right. Well, from 12 to like 15, right? Yeah. But, but again, I think it's just on teams that are 10 man strong. So like the, I guess you'd call 10 man teams kind of the standard T- 10 man human teams is what Giacomo is saying are getting okay. an extra wound. Like, That's like, is a, yeah. yeah, like, um, in general, like, um, what just the make them Fel- 11 Felgor, Felgor are 10, 10 models, right? Orcs are 10 models. Mm-hmm. Um, and all these other teams, 11 that, now, 11, 11, 11, 10 or 11. Oh yeah. Because you get the, uh, cause you get the dude now, the bonus guy. I mean, going, going back to exaction real quick. I, th- no, I'll leave him. I'll leave him. I'll let him die. Yeah. I'll let him die peacefully. I think that's why, kind of reinforcing that I think the change to Hearthkin is a an FAQ because they're not really doing any balance for those teams. They're just kind of like. Well, let me back up a little bit actually because you touched on something that I, I did want to say, and I, I go into this a lot in the blog post I put out on the day of the the, the bounce out of slate two. Is that I'm shocked that there's anything for. Hearthkin and for Chaos Cult. Uh, the the internet and Instagram for Kill Team and all this kind of stuff is going crazy about Chaos Cult only getting this and like they're ignoring everything and they the, we're going to have to deal with this for the next three months and stuff like that. But the reality of it is, is that this is a consequence of timing of release. Um, the Bounce Dab Slate did not get written today. It did not get written this morning and then pushed out to us. Right. We have today's information to process chaos cult, right? Um, and we'll, we'll get to that. And I, I'm not going to get into specifics right now, but let's assume that it takes one to two weeks to come up with the data sleep information um, and then get it um, copy edited, whatever process they have get it published every language don't they have to translate yeah they translate this into all the languages to that translation process that's not instant either um that all has to happen so let's back up one to two weeks from today chaos cult was only out for about two weeks and 
not a lot of people are seeing it. The only people that have it are the people that are got it instantly. Um, there's, you know, content creators that have it, that have had it for a while that have, that have learned the team. Right. Um, they, they can't make a knee jerk reaction and immediately make all the changes that they need to make on two weeks worth of information. Cause that's how the team gets plummeted way down. And then for the next three months, they're, they're way too low. Right. So perfect example of, of boy dancer troop, right? This has nothing to do with box sales or anything like that. Boy dancer troop came out and in their first month, they were 67% win rate, something crazy like that. Right. Um, Gellerpox, when they first came out, um, they were way up high and I'm not sure about the timing of the data slate for Gellerpox, but I know for sure. No that one played Dancer, them, So no one yeah. played Gellerpox. So no one even knew everyone thought they were bad. Um, but with Void Dancers, they skirted the first data slate that they would have been a um, part of because more time was needed for them because they just came out. Maybe people need to learn how to play into them. Maybe people are playing them incorrectly and getting some rules a little bit too strong. Who knows, right? Let the dust settle, right? And that was like almost a month of data and they, they skirted the first data slate and then they eventually did get nerfed. But when they did get nerfed, they weren't at a 67 win rate. They were at like a 50 high fifties, right? So they did come down. There was a little bit of dust settling, but right now I'm not disillusioned at all. Chaos cold is a massive problem. <laughs> um, I hear of games where people lose a third of their devotees and they still steamroll their opponent, right? That's, that's not okay. Um, the team does need some change, but we should not have gotten anything on this data slate. We should not have. Well, here's, oh, here's, but we here's got, my... well, let me just one more sentence. Um, but we got something. And what this means to me is that, Hey, the devs are probably aware that chaos Cult came out way too hot. They can't do all the changes that they would like to, because they don't know where, which buttons to press just yet. Um, and how hard to press those buttons because not enough tournament data was available at the time of this data slate was being conceived, right? But a change, that's an obvious change that they said in the article was to bring things in line with previous changes is a significant nerf. It's not enough. By no means is enough, nor is the Hearthkin Salvager buff. That's not enough. They need more. But um, it's something that we should not have gotten and my assumption is to allow the competitive community to weather the storm because of the poor timing of the release and when the data slate had to come out because it had to come out this quarter and seeing where it goes in the next quarter, right? That, that, that's my sober look at why more wasn't done to Chaos Cult because we shouldn't even gotten this. Anyway, put the soapbox so, under me. So I have a couple thoughts about Chaos Cult. I would like for all of us to go through what we think would fix the team or at least what we oh, would like sure. to see a change. But I was really, really hard on the 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 line of like, hey, you know, no TO should be making any changes to gameplay. And I'm still on that that soapbox. No one should be changing anything. Uh let it run out, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I was also under the impression I was thinking and toying with the idea of like, Hey, we should, uh, wait for teams for the very first data slate to come out, um, after a team is released. So, and then let them perform in the meta. 
And I was thinking about that because after Felgor and after Chaos Cultists and basically have them banned until then, because you know we've had two back-to-back releases now with two teams that have been pretty not received great, great repertoire from from the internet or from players. So it's disappointing for me to see this. Um, I think that I understand and I 100% agree with you, Emmanuel, that these things can't be get put out very fast. I'm still disappointed um, that this didn't happen, that more wasn't, isn't in here because I was thinking about doing that. And if this came out to be really good, then I was thinking about implementing that. But now we're going to have to wait six months for a team to be more or less kind of balanced if they are five months, depending on when their release schedule is, or, or maybe four, four and a half, depending on release. I think it's, I think it's frustrating from an organizer standpoint, because the point is like, we've seen them win two back-to-back golden tickets um, now at case uh, K- Kansas city and at ACO and they very well could win um, up in Portland, right? They very well could. So like if we see them win another golden ticket, do we just as organizers ban the team like people are doing in 40 K how they're just banning Eldar because their team is just broken and games workshop isn't unfortunately responding quick enough. It's, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard question because I don't want this team just to, if you bring it, you win. You know, and it's 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 a hard it's a hard question to think. What do you guys think? Uh, you guys are all competitive players here, and I would love to get your guys's honest feedback. Hmm, where to begin? I I am naturally upset that there are some abilities these teams have that, to say the least, are problematic when playing against, and very very much put you in a downer kind of mood when when the ability goes off or something. You're like ah. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I can't do anything about it. I'm not the rules writer. Sure, I would have loved something, uh, but I guess I just got to wait. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, if it's every three months, we'll get it in September. Sure, it's a while to wait, and uh, this is just going to be one of those moments. It's unfortunate, but there's going to be the stain, uh, probably a stain that's just like everybody was winning with this team for a minute, and then eventually it gets fixed. But well, I mean, you're looking at three more golden tickets. Exactly. This is the this is the moment where everyone is like, this was the team that dominated for like a quarter of a season, you know. And uh, coming from Magic the Gathering, this was a problem back in like the Zendikar World Wake era, where there was just one deck that dominated, and they weren't banning for the longest time. And it's just nothing you can do about it because you don't write the rules. So you, you just kind of learn to play into it, and you figure out what to do. Uh, or you join them, and then everybody's playing Felgors, and everybody's playing Chaos Cult, and and Commandos because Commandos are a pretty pretty okay into uh, yeah yeah cultists. I like that Commandos are. <laughs> I hope they win it. I hope they win it all this year. Yeah, I think um, for me it's like so. I think of with when Gellerpox came out and like LVO, they were still kind of at their height and. I had one game into Gellerpox where I won, um, and I think I, I did pretty well into that one. And then I played against Orion with Gellerpox, and there was like really no chance. But with like Gellerpox, at least, um, I felt like I was still playing the game. 
the idea of just having like, I can almost kill an operative and then now they're back up to full wounds and more powerful. It just kind of, I don't know. I think there needs to be something that they get taken down somehow. I just, for me, I don't like um, any team that's so powerful that there's people that are just going to be chasing the meta and just going for that. And then you, I mean, it, it really just makes me kind of more wary about playing tournaments um, as opposed to just playing like in my local, uh, like, game store against people that I kind of know and, and appreciate already. So they can be like, I don't really want to play against them today, but can you bring a different team? You can't do that in a tournament. Um, and I just don't like the idea of having to like dread certain matchups. And po- I mean, I, I already have that with certain like players, like, Oh, if I'm going to match up against this person, I know I'm going to get crushed. Uh, but if it's just a team, that's a bummer. I think though, we've got a good precedent with the Votan in uh, ninth edition, when they came out so strong and they got banned by a bunch of tournaments and I think they got nerfed pretty quick once or did, I don't know. I'm not. Yeah. They got nerfed really quick. Uh, and I think that, I, th- I think that, that, that might be the response that TOs have to do in order to get a faster thing, which is unfortunate. And that's not something that I think is healthy. Yeah. I think like what Emmanuel said though, is the fact that we've got two things for the two most recent releases uh, for Gallowfall and Ashes of Faith um, kind of gives us a hint that they are maybe fast-tracking that. And again, I think both of the changes on this data slate really do look more like FAQs or erratas. Um, they don't really address like the problems with the teams. They're more just like fixing how they don't line up with what's been released since probably these books were written and copy edited and everything months ago. And we, um, and we might as well mention that the Chaos Cult change was, uh, the only change was the Icon Arc um, he has an ability that reduces damage, um, making a and bringing it in line with all the other damage reductions that we're seeing, like the the Nurgle um, ploy one for uh, say it uh, legionaries, um, minimum of three instead of two, um, yes. which, which so is significant. It's it's definitely a significant change because the icon arc standing by a torment or two. Uh, made them so hard to shift off, especially because of those fi- feel no pains. But I mean, we we can list what they do need, um, and this is all speculation because I don't know sure. where they're going to settle out. And it, it I, I want to touch on the golden ticket thing. Um, I chaos cult didn't win golden tickets. Right, uh, players that piloted Chaos Cult won golden tickets. I think that's important to mention too. Um, the players are not bad players. Um, they, the ones that have won, stood chance to win with other teams if Chaos Cult wasn't part of this. Right. Um, I don't think that anything has been sullied about the big event and these golden tickets by good players taking the top meta team, right? But I also don't think that banning the team or this low-key everyone just kind of nod at each other, yeah, we're not playing Chaos Cult, right? Sure, yeah, no one's bringing it anymore. I don't think that's good either because how long was um, were Pathfinders way too strong? before they finally got some attention and started getting some nerfs because people were just not taking them. Right. 
Um, and then they finally got enough of a hit to the point that they're in this problem scenario where they're good if players would take them at a, at a randomized pick, right? But the only people that are taking them are either passionate players or exceptionally good players, and there's no middle ground. Um, but it, I, I think that this situation with... so And then on top of that, I'm not even certain that Felgur need much of a change either. Um, I will go on record saying that and I'll say I'm wrong if they end up without with because they're getting so overshadowed by cult right now. Pe- a lot of people have forgotten about it. And where's where's Gellerpox? Gellerpox is sitting there with over a 60 win rate and no one's talking about Gellerpox either. Like, well, let's let, let yeah. me respond to that one real quick. Yeah. Um, the Felgor are. All of their operatives are insanely, drastically better than every single ex- exaction squad member, and they have the same amount of models. So I, I, that was that's what I was what I was going to say earlier was that like when you look at the Felgor versus exaction squad, the operatives themselves are just insane. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to move with the data. Freaking- the data sheet lives like. Each data sheet doesn't live in a vacuum. The data sheets associate with each other and they associate with the rules and their tech ops and all that kind of stuff. So it's not, not fair to say that Felgor Shaman compared to Revelatum. Like it's, I don't think that's a fair comparison to say one-to-one because you could say the same thing for, um, I, I, I can't think of a decent example off the top of my head. I, I don't think that's fair. It, it, it's, it's reasonable to make that comparison, but there's a lot that you're shoveling aside that's, um, that's, um, relevant. And I mean, we also saw a bunch of attention given to exaction squad here. Right. So it's not like, yeah, it's not like that's not going unrecognized that exaction squad needed help. So they got a bunch of attention. Right. And it's okay for exaction squad not to be good into everyone. Right. They, they can at least arrest them. Right. (laughs) It's true. But well, at um, least if they have a certain amount of wounds, they can. Yeah, I think that they, they can arrest the 10 wounds. Uh, can they arrest themselves now because they're over seven? <laughs> <laughs> Lols. <laughs> That's so stupid. That's funny. Um, but, Maybe that uh, needs to get FAQ'd now. But I digress. Um, I th- I don't know what happened with these teams. I don't know what happened with Felgor, but what I do know is that it's inventive and new, right? Yeah. That's something I did, really like. Did, did we want to see another 10 person human team? I know I didn't. Right. Hell um, no. the, 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 the thing that we're not seeing here is also other kind of fields bad from other teams. I loathe absolute authority. Um, for um, Inquisition team. I think that's even more of a feels bad thing than Frenzy. Um, I could spend an entire podcast telling you about all the different reasons why absolute authority for uh, <laughs> the in, in uh, Inquisitorial retinue is just a, a, a bad ploy. But um, I think every time we hit a bump in the road, I've said trust the devs and something's happened down the line. That's fixed it. Um, I think Giacomo is 100% on point saying that this will be an annoying and frustrating couple months, two, three months. 
who knows when the next data slate will come out. Um, it's nice to see that even though there's precedent of them saying that we won't touch a team in the first month of release because we need the dust to settle, they said, okay, yeah, we get it. Here's something. But let us go through the process to get it right. So so my, my one rebuttal to that, right, uh, is that I run 13, we run 13 tournaments a year, right? 14, 13 or 14 a year. And uh, our next four to five tournaments are going to have this data slate into effect. That's at least a third of of the events. And if chaos cults just become more and more of a thing where people start learning how to play, play them better, like, do I want them winning the next four events? I don't know. You know, and I, I think I think that's kind of what what I'm trying to say is like, it's not necessarily like I trust the devs. I trust that they're going to fix this team. I, I trust that we're going to go in the right direction. My 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 question is is like, do we actually debate on banning this team because of because of what we've been seeing and the fact that they are so irrevocably busted? Um, and I don't know if I have the answer to that. Um. It's like it's it's a thought point that uh that that's definitely in 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 my head, and I just you know with all the Warhammer teams doing it uh, and all that kind of stuff, uh, and I, I I will actively argue against you if you want to change any team. Uh, I I think that is the wrong move. If you ever want to change something or you think something is busted, any TO out there, and you're thinking of changing something, just ban them rather than actually going out and taking it upon yourself and changing stuff because that will change data for GW. So remember that. Um, moving on from that, what do you guys think um, would be some cool changes to make Chaos Colts a little bit more uh, tame? Um, I have some ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go for it. Um, not all of these are mine. Um. I talk with a lot of people about this kind of stuff, so I, I don't know where to give all the credit to. So I apologize. All I can say is that not all the credit's mine, but the feel no pain on the mutants needs to go away or six up feel no pain, not a five up. Um, and that and or not full healing um, okay. on yeah. a mutation. Um, I think the and is much better. <laughs> I, I, I would agree, but I need to see more of that interaction to know if the feel no pain will be necessary. If those mutants, um, if you're getting a devotee, two extra wounds from three to five when they become a mutant, do they need the feel no pain or are they just immediately dead on arrival and then you never get a torment for the rest of the game? I don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, you can go very heavy with this team and then it wins no tournaments, doesn't place at all. And then you go another three months. Right. So that that's why like seeing seeing them more, seeing where the breakpoints are, seeing where where the flow of the game is, is really helpful to know what buttons to press and how hard. Right. But I think the feel no pain on the mutants is a smaller issue than full healing. Right. Because. My experience with cults and what I've heard from other people is that it's really tough when you lose all the momentum you're trying to gain in this tide approaching, right? So a mutant going from like three wounds, two wounds up to what is it? 13, 
Yeah. Up to 13 with a torment. That's, that's not okay. And with that feel no pain, it's really hard to make sure that you kill them. But what's more consistent is them not getting immediately boom up to 13 points in staying that tide. So I can see where people say, get rid of the feel no pain entirely. So that way up until the point that they're torment, you know that um, your damage that gets pushed through will go through. So you have better chance of finishing off before they mutate. But that's where I say, like, I don't know if the feel no pain is necessary, if you prevent them from full healing when they mutate, there's a mutation option in there. That's a heal, just a heal. Um, and I think that's what's D3 plus one, if I'm remembering correctly. So that's where this D3 plus one on transformation comes from. The mutation gets an extra bonus by changing form and getting another ability, but then you also heal as part of that mutation in line with what a mutation would normally heal from if you did it on the side without transform, right? And I yeah. think that's I think that's a better change and just leaving the feel no pain alone, honestly. Um, I agree. I would be okay with them staying at a feel a five up feel no pain with that change. Um, I also think that the icon arc is too big of a bully, and the ability is worse now, but potentially could also be something that they have to spend an action point to do, um, and it lasts until the end of the turning point. So that way, there's a period of time where you know you can push out some damage before it starts getting mitigated, possibly. Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't know if that's. Spell. Yeah, but I don't know if that's necessary if you simply just change the mutations, not full healing, right? Because do they need that damage mitigation just to get one torment if they're on the ropes? I, I, I don't know, right? And and this is where I, I um, empathize with the devs, right? Because I'm looking for the right answer. And I've, I've seen so many Instagram posts of people just listing a laundry list of all the changes that quote unquote need to happen. And I look at these and I'm, and, and I'm thinking like, I, I, I think this is too far. Or is it? I don't know, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. They are winning, but what's the biggest thing? The wounds that you have to deal with. I think that's really the biggest force that's the problem. It's not the Blessed Blades. It's not the leader's abilities. Those aren't the big problem. Is there one simple, singular, or two changes that you can make that can bring them in line? Or at least get them closer to the line to the point that they're not an auto-win, auto-take? And that's kind of where I keep coming back to maybe just this wounds on transformation. And that's the idea that's not mine. Someone talked about that in a certain conversation I was a part of. I can't remember where. And that, that's the one I like the most. Um, I, I don't want the data slate to be full of eight bullet points per team either, right? Of course. Um, these, these teams might need it. <laughs> maybe. Maybe, right? Because if... I think Felgor are real close to being great. Oh, my idea for yeah. Felgor is super simple. That war paint should not be that cheap. Agreed. <laughs> make it two, and I think they're pretty much almost balanced. I, I think so too. And inflation a lot of people are <laughs> inflation all that paint. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe oh, they man. or maybe they have to leave one of their their special dudes at home and they have to take a warrior or something like that. And I think if you do those two things, I think they'll be fine. I've got a, a theory if we're going to go with tinfoil hats again. So we don't really know what third season three is going to be. 
Um, but if you're looking at this balanced data slate, they're really not nerfing. I mean, even going back to like Void Dancers and Gellerpox, the melee heavy teams seem like they're not being touched very much. And so maybe the next terrain set is just going to give like an advantage to shooters. And like, so that's where we go back to maybe Emmanuel's point. Like, we don't know what their future plan is. And maybe they're looking at this being like, no, we're going to need these melee teams to be a little tankier because the next one, if it's like, if it's jungle, maybe you can still shoot through jungle and there's no way for them to hide. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want jungle. (laughs) No MDF trees in your future. No, (laughs) yeah. But yeah, but, if you could, like uh, had no way to actually hide this massive team of what fifteen operatives to start, like then you kind of need all these ways to survive because just a couple blast weapons can cut you down. So I, I mean, I have no idea if that's what they're going for, but I'd like to I, see something kind of swing the pendulum. We had a melee heavy terrain with Into the Dark. Maybe it's going to be shooting heavy again. It's but, supposed to be open. That's all. That's supposedly been said, right? Yeah, uh, but. the I hear what you're saying with that, Robin. I think that's super valid, except for the fact that how many terrain sets do we not use from the first season? Like I never All see, of them, except for Octarius. Exactly. Right. So just because they released the terrain set, I don't think that's an excuse for skipping on balancing for certain things because I, I mean, if no one plays Chanath, right? Why? Cause it's garbage. I think we can yeah. all universally. <laughs> I like Knockmind, but no one's playing Knockmind. <laughs> I'm okay. You can go into your Knockmind corner and leave I'm, us. A I'm okay for. with Knockmind, but if you show me two tables, <laughs> one with Octarius or Octarius simulating terrain, um, like well, Octarius is going to win. It's the best yeah. one they've made. But I, li- I like <laughs> Knockmind's like yeah. little rules with the smoke. I think it's cool. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But it's not a tournament thing. It's too confusing. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I, that's that's more for fun. Yeah, and, and I don't think it's fair to say that um, the game's balanced now because we gave you a shooting gallery. Because there's a lot of teams that are split force or skew towards melee with some shooting. So they're not as heavy on melee like these teams. And um, they they just won't work at all on a big shooting gallery kind of uh, map. Um uh, I do like the theory, though. That is the first time I've heard it. Yeah, I, I, I think there's, I think there's some thought to it, and I, I don't think it's completely invalid. Um, but I just also, th- I hope that's not the direction the devs are going because I don't think it's fair because people might not buy those teams if they don't. It might not buy the box if the two teams that are in there um, are terrible. Like if there's no orcs in there, I have zero interest, right? <laughs> um, so I'm not going to buy that box, even if I like the rules of the teams. I'll kitbash my own, right? So where does that leave me with the terrain? I'm sitting waiting for Dakota to make some MDF trees or 3D printed <laughs> yeah. trees, right? It's gonna um, be the next set's gonna be striking scorpions versus uh, no, no, no. Those those what are those new orcs called from that ride like squigs and stuff? What are they called, Giacomo? Uh, oh, oh, um, you probably know. I can't remember the sawtooth. I come on. I, I don't know what I don't know what happened right here. You asked, what are those orcs that ride the squigs? Giacomo, what are those orcs? I'm not going to answer now. I'm I'm hurt. You don't know. You don't know orcs. They're snake bites. They're they're swing hoverers. We got him to say it. (laughs) (laughs) You owe me $10. That was was sneak level 100 right there. I respect that. Was that... uh, you questioned uh, my 
orkiness, and I commend you for it. Uh, I was pretty, pretty brutal and cunning. <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> cunning. Yeah. I, I was the brutal side of that argument. Let's be honest. Here. <laughs> um, I was the grot in that argument. Um, this is great. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, going going back to cultists real quick. Um, I I, th- I have a I think a, a thought that I would like to see put into place. Um, ever since they were released, they always said that the cultists were supposed to be the weakest members of Kill Team ever seen. And they are not. They have seven wounds and they have four attacks that do three, four. Uh, I would like to see them stay at 15 because that 15 total models. I think that makes them a really interesting team and I don't want them to lose models. I would like to see them drop down all of their devotees, drop down a wound to six wounds per model and then drop one attack to three attacks and make them three, three. So they are actually the worst form of humans, low life scum. And they, it it is a lot harder for them now to want to charge and get those, those crazy, I'm going to kill your model now. And now I'm going to transform. Right. So. Right. I I don't dislike that. Um, Yeah. It also balances out where all these wounds are coming for all the other teams. Like where's James workshop getting all these wounds for Castrican and, uh, yeah, exactly. And, uh, well, take them from the cult. They're taking them from the devotees. I also yeah. like the idea with that one because uh, I was trying to think of some way like the whole idea in the like greater lore is that like chaos can give you all these gifts, but in the end you're really suffering because of it. So like, what's the cost of turning into torment? Like, obviously they lose their soul to chaos and everything. But like, as a player, like, is there any? downside well the downside is that you start with like absolute just trash models yeah and so and mm. i think i think the mutants could still have a six plus feel no pain but they would full heal right uh because if you survive i mean cool good for you right um and then and then if and then they could also full heal to the torments the torments could be a five up because now their their people are actually they don't have that breaking point. They are six wounds is actually legitly way easier to kill. I played I played a cultist player, and I got five five models to one wound mm. in one round, and then three of them healed, and then I had to blow all of them up with a mine layer. Um, but you know we can we can nerf the mine layer you know next next edition. <laughs> don't get me started on your vet card that blow up through walls <laughs> um yeah so i killed i killed i killed five of them uh even though they transformed but you know like i still tied which is ridiculous that i killed five models and still tied in one blast um that is the power of the cult so i feel that minusing a wound from them makes the six mark a lot easier to obtain and it will really punish somebody for poor positioning early. And I feel that that's kind of where they need to, to uh, that's where I would like to see them. Giacomo, Rob, what about you guys? Do you guys have any, any thoughts? Nothing. I'm just going to see what they do. Cause uh, yeah, you know, I've yet to go again. Well, no, I, I think I think once you and I talked about how the adding wounds as they get stronger is better than just full healing. So I'm I'm on that train. Healing, I think that yeah. feels pretty good. I thought about that too, yeah. Yeah, that, that feels pretty good. 
yeah, I like the ideas we kind of discussed. I, I don't know. My initial thought was I go with the default, like takeaway operatives, but I feel like that actually might even buff them a little bit. The fact you can't hide. Otherwise, I mean, you take away two or three operatives. Now they can have everyone hidden behind turn point one. I think the downside is like, I'm not as worried as I might be because every team I play has some sort of alpha strike. Um, But if you don't have that, like you're kind of, kind of stuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why commandos play pretty well into them. I mean, you have a first phase, second phase, um, throw your dynamite first round, squig bomb second round. It's, um, it's a pretty brutal way to open up, but then if you get diced, you're just like, okay, well, I guess I'll die then. Right. Yeah. Even the, even the sniper can use two APL to essentially get a grenade blast. Yeah. Um, from, he's not worried about getting shot back so he can, he can sit there and engage and have it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a lot of uh data slate for us today. What do you guys, uh, are you guys happy more that we've talked about it? I don't feel vindicated, but, uh, I feel happy that we at least talked about it. <laughs> I had fun hanging out with you guys. Yeah. yeah. I want to, Emmanuel. want to shout out Alex again, uh, because this, the Alex that plays with the strawberries, um, he, has played against me with warp coven with exaction squad and, um, Felgor and Felgor. Yeah. So Felgor didn't t- get touched, but I'm, I feel like they, they basically wrote this one for him. Um, his guys are getting buffed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're just like, Hey, you can stop playing chaos demons, uh, and, and join the bespoke team. <laughs> yeah. he, he's sitting there. He's just, uh, working on his chaos cult of strawberries. At least put some angry faces on there. Googly eyes, I'd be fine with too. Oh my goodness. I need this. Alex, I know you're listening. Googly eyes on strawberries. Make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> and post it in the Discord. And, uh, and uh, if you want to be on that Discord, you can see that maybe if we bully him enough, he'll do it. No, I wouldn't bully <laughs> Alex. He's too cool. He is too cool. <laughs> uh, I think that's, I think it's it, man. I think we're hitting that point, right? Yeah. Anyone <laughs> want to do out any shout outs? Uh, sure. Um, I'll shout out, uh, Tabletop Highlander on WordPress. Um, I'll shout you out for that. Um, really, really, really fun uh, campaign. He has all the missions, the narrative, all there. And uh, just go read it. Start playing it yourself. Um, it's it's super fun. I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, and if you want to hear how uh, my team's doing in that campaign, or if you want to hear um, me... Uh, go on and on about this data slate in a more succinct and uh, deliberate way. Uh, you can check out strategicadvantage.blog. I have uh, a lot of my bat logs, uh, battle logs from uh, the campaign written from the perspective of uh, Captain Gorgruk Bruguzla and the Bruguzla's Buccaneers, um, as well as a bunch of Kill Team news. And if you're interested in learning how to play commandos or how to beat commandos, kind of like how... Uh, uh, your ca- craft world friend uh, last week uh, <laughs> has a whole blog for and against craft world Eldar. Uh, you can check out my commando series on the blog as well. And Instagram, look at my silly little orcs, eman.paints. Yeah, for me, um, like, thanks, Emmanuel, for shouting out the Tabletop Highlander. Um, I've got an Instagram that uh, is also Tabletop Highlander. I'm putting the um, missions on there. Um, they'll be updated soon. So far, we're two chapters into three chapter or four chapter campaign. 
Uh, so you can check it out there. Um, and then the the blog site has some background for different teams. If you've played any of them, uh, you can shoot me a message on Discord um, and I'll put your uh, battle reports up there as well. Um, but yeah, I strongly encourage anyone to play some narrative. If you're tired of all these like really sweaty, oh, these teams are too good, just play narrative and be dumb. It's fun. It's or so be fun. smart, but it's it's just fun. <laughs> Uh, for squad games, I'd like to shout out our Twitch. Go ahead and check tonight. Uh, we're going to be streaming on Twitch. So squad games Tuesdays will hopefully become a regular thing. So you guys can listen to us in the morning and watch, uh, watch some squad games on Tuesday nights and possibly even Sundays. So keep an eye out. How about you, G? Oh, you can find me on Instagram at wargaming underscore studios, where I paint more miniatures than I have time to play. Again, that's wargaming underscore studios on Instagram. And of course, you can find us also on Instagram at squad underscore games underscore entertainment. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere that has a rating system, if you want to go ahead and leave us a rating, that would be awesome. Don't forget to pick up some plastic and event tickets from our affiliates at Frontline Gaming. And of course, if you want to help support the podcast in another way, we do have a Patreon available for those people out there. Uh, Uh, And we just want to shout out and thank you guys so much. Till next time. Till next time.